mistake. All right, let's let's pray together. Lord, thank you for. Lord, thank you for everything. You do so much, and everything you do is is good. Lord, um, once again, we just ask that you would uh, minister to us today. Pray that you will speak to our hearts and our minds. Lord, um, all of us have little parts of us that don't look like you. Some of those are obvious and some of those nobody else knows about. Lord, I pray that you'll chisel something of that off in each one of us today so that we've taken at least a, a baby step closer to being like you in our our thoughts, our actions, our um, our words. And Lord, we um, we give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to uh, turn in your Bibles to Galatians three, we'll be there in, in just a, a little bit. Okay, so it's going to take a minute to get there, but that's where we're going to end up being. In um, in Proverbs twenty three seven, it says, "As a man thinks in his heart, so is he." Let me ask you, if that is true, and I believe you know the Word of God is true, of course. As a person thinks in their heart, so are are they. How does your life look? We have a lot of little thoughts that come to our to our mind. Um, maybe, oh, I'm never going to make it, or I'll never be good enough. I will never have X, Y, and Z to be able to fulfill this. I'll never be like. I'll never be liked enough, or loved enough, or I'll never be able to accomplish this. I don't know if you've had any of those thoughts. But the scripture is, says, as a man thinks, or as a woman thinks in their heart, so are they. So it's really important for us to think and to believe about ourselves correctly and to believe about ourselves how God believes about us. Otherwise, how are we going to accomplish everything that the Lord wants us to accomplish? We're going to continue to talk about our identity in Christ today. But we're going to get there kind of on a circuitous route again a little bit. So I'm going to need your help. Um, First of all, let's do this. Can somebody or a group of somebodies? Give me the Ten Commandments. <coughs> oh, everybody's pulling out their Bibles and pull out their phones. Okay. No other God. That's the hard part. All right. Let's, let's see if we can do this. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, all right, just start sending them out. No covet. Let's see. No 
coveting. Okay. Oh, I heard about. I, I, not kill. Let's see. That would be six, right? No. Kill. <laughs> honor, honor, dad and mom. Sabbath. That's uh, four, isn't it? Keep Sabbath. Adult, no. Adultery. And I heard. Say again. Don't steal. Thank you. No, oops. No. <laughs> Stealing. That's they steal, maybe. <laughs> Some of you speak in tongues, I write in tongues. <laughs> Say again. No lying, okay? No false witness. Uh, I can't write sideways. No? It's really important, but not one of the commandments. Okay, what's, what's two and three? No idols. Good, and good job. Okay. Uh, don't take God's name in vain. I, by the way, um, I write shorthand if anybody, I, I always use a, a theta for God. Um, long story, but just in case you're, Okay, you can't read. I, I've, I've been told you can't read it anyway. So, <laughs> but by the way, this is a. Uh, I'm going to give you something free here. This is a really good witnessing tool. Um, it to say, hey, um, ask somebody if they know the Ten Commandments, and they'll, everybody knows one or two, right? Uh, I'm supposed to not kill somebody. Okay, they they can guess. Don't kill or don't steal, right? Usually, um, and then you can list them off and say, "Have you ever, have you ever uh, broken any of these? If you have, we'll get to that in a moment." <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna draw a line. Here, let me make, make it thicker. Ah, there we go. All right, now then, let's do this. Um, who is Jesus? Name some characteristics, or who who is Jesus? Savior. Savior. Son of God. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Okay. 
Let's um, Messiah. Uh, let's do Christ. Emmanuel. All right. What are some? We're getting a lot of a lot of names. How about characteristics? Faithful, okay. Well, an anointed one, we've got, <clears throat> that's that's that one right there. All right, faithful. So, did you say sovereign? Sovereign? Sovereign. Teacher, that's good. Say again? Father? Sort of, yep, we could do Father. Because, you know, in Isaiah, it calls him the everlasting Father, right? Yep. Loyal. Loyal. <coughs> teacher. Okay, we've got teacher. Carolyn? True. Truth. It's good. So, truth. Let's also do. Can I put one in there? Holy. All right. Uh, word and merciful. Good. Let's do. Uh, peace. Let's do healer, right? Okay, good. We can. We could go on and on. All right. Now, what what happens if you break any of these things here? What is what's the penalty? Death. All right, so let's do this. Um, let me can make a. Does that look sort of look like a gravestone? R I P. <laughs> right? So any of these here, right? You're there. Okay? Now, we talked about this just a little bit last week. See if you all remember, have your thinking caps on. What is the purpose of the law, of the Ten Commandments? So it's really to show us our sin... we can repent. It's to show us our sin because there is this dividing wall in between here and here, right? <laughs> now, Jesus, he was under this, right? And we just talked about how many, how many of these did he break? None. None. Has, has anybody in here broken one of these? Mm-hmm. 
Has everybody in here broken at least one of these? Okay. So, all of us, right? Now, Jesus, though, when he was on the cross, took all of the breakings of this right here. Right? All of us. All of the all the things that you've done, all the things that I've done, all the things that everybody else has done, that's a lot of things that people have done. He took on the cross. And what happened with him? Why don't I do this here? Can I make this? To a tomb? And that's supposed to be a rock, okay? So, let me ask another question. And I'll, I'm going I'm to tell you a little bit up front. This is sort of a trick question, okay? All right? Jesus is the Son of God. When was he declared the Son of God? Everybody's going, what? When was he declared the Son of God? (laughs) He was was declared the Son of God at the resurrection. I mean... See if I can put my finger on that really quickly, because I want you to see this. So just I don't want you to take my word for it. Be like the Bereans. Make sure and look. Say, okay, is is Pastor Ryan giving us some good stuff today or is he out to lunch? Acts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Acts 13, this is also in Romans 1. If you, go, if you want to go there, great. Um, Acts 13, 33 says, That God has fulfilled this promise to our children in that he raised up Jesus. So when was Jesus raised up? As res- resurrection. It's also written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten thee. Begotten you. As for the fact that he raised him up from the dead, no longer to return to decay, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. It's also in in Romans 1. Okay, so why I said it's a trick question is, was, was there ever a time that he was not the son of God? No, he was always the son of God. But he was declared the son of God in power and in glory at the resurrection of the dead. Okay, so how did Jesus get over here? Right? Jesus had to go through the grave in order to get here. So, now let me ask, what about us? 
how do we get from over here where we are under all these laws to being over here where we are with Jesus? Okay. See, if you want to think about it this way, Jesus made a tunnel. <laughs> going, see, you might not be able to get through the dividing wall, but you can go underneath it. The way that we get over here is by dying. And let me give you a little hint. Baptism. Buried with him in baptism, right? Raised up again to newness of life. Jesus himself said, I have a baptism to undergo. It wasn't the baptism of John. It was this. It was the cross and the grave. So how do we get from here to there? Through baptism, through death. It may not be a physical death, but it is. we are recognizing that we are dead because, remember, all these Ten Commandments, if you've broken one, you're dead. You're a dead man walking. You're already here. But how you get from here to there is by recognizing it and being buried in baptism and raised up again. Now let's look at Galatians. I'm not careful. My Bible, my Bible cover is going to be white after all the chalk. <laughs> Galatians three. Let's start in verse fifteen. It says, "Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations. Even though it is only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed." He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed, that is Christ. What I am saying is this, the law, which came 400 years, 430 years later, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Why the law then? It was added because of transgressions, having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise has been made. Now a mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is only one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if a... For if a law had been given which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed have been based upon law. But the scripture has shut up every, everyone under sin, right? 
so the promises by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. Right? Don't you hate it when you lose your place? Um, thank you. Um, so that we may be justified by faith. But now uh, that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized, all you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants. You are Abraham's seed, heirs according to promise. Let me um, pick up on a couple of things from last week. Um, Remember that the promises were given to, to Abraham and to his seed. Uh, in Genesis 22, 8, I'll flip there real quick. You can listen or you can flip if you want. I'm sorry, verse 18. Um, it says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So in your seed, the one seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So what we, what we learned last week is that it is a, is a single seed. And Abraham um, was going to have a child. But what, we're gonna, what we found out here is the seed is not Isaac, nor is it Ishmael. According to Paul, the seed is who? Jesus. Jesus. Okay? So all the nations of the world will be blessed because of the seed of Abraham, who is? Jesus. Oh boy, let's try that one more time. <laughs> all the nations of the world will be blessed because of the seed of Abraham, who is? Jesus. Jesus. Good. Thank you. Um, and it says that the law was a tutor, right? Um, the, the law was a tutor. The law was good, but it was, it was good and, and perfect and holy. But nobody could get to eternal life through the law. And what, what tutor is there is, um, in, uh, back in, in, in those days, they would have a, a servant who was assigned to a child. And uh, that from from very young age, they would uh, make sure that that child got their education. Whether that is, um, you need to be polite, so teaching manners, to um, taking that child to school, and uh, they would often wait in the in either the school like the classroom where they would actually have a room set aside for all the um, tutors to wait while the while the child was getting their education. They would take them back home and oftentimes drill them uh, for their for their studies. So. The, the law was a servant to lead us and to teach us 
to show us the way. And the way that it showed us the way to Jesus was to show us that we can't do it. All of you said that you've broken at least one of these. I've broken at least one of these. Everyone has broken at least one of these except for Jesus. Right? So it shows us that there's, a, that we, there's no way for us to get from here to here. Except by the grace of the one who didn't break any of them. But there's a way to go, and it's through, it's through the baptism. It's through accepting Jesus. Um, so we were kept under this, uh, under the law, until, the, by, until we could receive by faith. Notice in verse 27, uh, 20, sorry, 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Now, let, let me let me say this. Um, it says in Peter, it says that uh, it says um, baptism saves you, not the washing of the water. Or else I would have stand on the street corner with a with a um, fire hose and just you know hit everybody. I, I bless I bless the fire hydrant first. <laughs> all right, I'd hook the fire hose up and everybody who came by I'd shoot them and say, okay, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. All right, it's not the cleaning process, but it is the the appeal to God for a clean conscience. It's the appeal by faith to say, Lord, I want to follow you. And part of following Jesus is getting you know in is through baptism and what paul says is when you when you undergo the baptism when you undergo the belief in him and the and the acceptance of him and the saying i will follow you all my days you are clothed with jesus now let me get a better pointer There are several of these things here that are unique to the cross. Right? Savior. The eternal word. You know, sovereign. But let me ask you another question. Who is the seed? Because Paul actually says two different things here. That seed is Christ. But look at verse 29. Look at verse 29. See, I, I, I try to string you along here if I can. The, in the in the Greek, um, verse twenty nine is really really emphatic. It says, "If you are of Christ, it's, it's not just a belonging. It is if you are part of Christ. It's just this, if you are with Him, then you are Abraham's seed. It's singular. Oh." You see it? Paul's just been talking about the singular seed. Right? 
who he says is Jesus. And then he says, if you are, if you are of Christ, if you're a part of his body, if you've been clothed with him, you are that seed. Look, I know it almost it almost sounds blasphemous to say you are part of Christ. But that's what Paul is, is really doing here is he's saying, look, you know, there are things, yes, that that we are we are never going to be um, we, we are never going to, to be the eternal word. We are never going to be the sovereign God. Okay? We are never going to be a savior for ourselves or really anybody else in the way that, that Jesus was. There are things that set Jesus apart as God. But are we sons, daughters, children of God? Absolutely. Um, okay, are, we, are we supposed to be faithful? Are we called to be teachers and leaders? Yes. Are we called to be fathers and mothers in the faith? Yes. Right? Have we been made holy? Yes. All right? Are we, we call, we're called to be loyal yes. to the father and loyal to the, to the family? Right? Are we called to be merciful? Are we, are we, are we called to be to have the Holy Spirit within us so that it is God with us, right? Did Jesus say, my peace I leave to you? Has he called us to be healers? Except for the things that set Jesus apart as God, because we will never be God, Right? I make that clear. You will never be the God. Uh, you know, in the part, you will never be part of the Trinity. We are created beings. All right, we will not be the Creator. However, the other parts of being Jesus—that's who we're supposed to be. We are actually supposed to be His body, His hands, His feet, the the way that He acted, the way that He taught. Every, all the parts of, of what made Jesus life and the giver of life and the giver of hope and the giver of joy, the giver of peace, the healer, the, um, the, the provider, the, uh, the way that he, he walked on the earth and, and taught people and, and ministered to their needs and, and healed the sick and raised the, raised the dead and, um, and showed them the love of, of God. All of those things, that's who we are. Are. You are the seed of Abraham. No, it's not because of anything you've done. It's only because of the mercy and grace given through Jesus. But here's a big part of the problem. We are taught to think this way, okay? This is how we're taught to think, oftentimes from a very, very young age. 
Let me let me explain what I'm what I'm talking about. When your parents, when you, you grew up, and uh, you were you were a little child, your your mom, or your dad would say, Johnny, if you break the rules, there will be what consequences. consequences. There will be discipline. You are going to go to your room. You are going to lose privileges. I am going to uh, bend you over my knee and. and you're going to have some pain, right? Yep. There will be consequences and discipline if you break the rules. Yes. Which is true. But what we do is we let that influence our whole way of thought. If you break the rules, are you any less of this here? Are you any less a blessing? You see, because this is who you are. You've been recreated into something different. Now, can you, can you go backwards? Can you, can you go back through here after you've been recreated? Does anybody want to go back under the law? No. See, we have to start thinking this way. Oops. Now, let me, let me, let me explain. Now, I'm, I'm going to say up front, there, there are consequences for our actions. Okay? If you, if you drive drunk, more than likely at some point you're going to get in a wreck or you're going to get stopped by the police and you're going to either have to pay a fine, go to jail, or uh, something really bad is going to happen. Okay, right? If you steal, more than likely at some point you're going to get caught and you're going to have to make restitution either by um, paying back or by um, spending some time in jail. Right? There are consequences. There's a, a, there was a, a, a young man back... Um, uh, I believe he was born in the, in the mid-70s. He was actually from Oklahoma City. You might know his name. His name is Sean Sellers. And um, he, he got into a bunch of satanic stuff as a kid, uh, as a, a young, as a teenager, and ended up killing his parents. Um, he was into witchcraft, um, got into it in you know, different ways, and... and um, when he, while he was in jail, he, he was actually, he, he, he committed the crime when he was 17 years old. But he was given the death penalty. While he was in jail, he converted dramatically to Jesus. Dramatically, dramatically. He, he, he wrote books. He did lots and lots of interviews. I think pretty much whenever I would go to a, a Christian camp, they'd throw up an interview with him where he was continuously telling kids, look, you know, turn to turn turn to Jesus. Don't get into this other stuff. Don't get into the and I I was into all of this. It's bad news. Turn to Christ. In ninety nine, he was the death. He was um, he actually was put to death as a part of the death penalty. One of the few that actually received and got the death penalty from the time they were the crime would happen before they were eighteen. Now, was there, were there consequences for his actions? Absolutely. 
So I want to, I want to emphasize, I'm not saying there are not consequences. However, it doesn't change who you are. Let me give you an example. Abraham. God blesses Abraham, right? I'll try to get over here around from the... I know people are like, I can't see him around the, the pillar there. Abraham. Remember, he goes a couple different times. He goes to Egypt. And uh, it, he, he, told, he tells his wife, Sarah, Hey, hun, you're beautiful. I'm, af- I'm really afraid that when I go someplace, um, they're going to see you and they're going to treat me really badly. So just say you're my sister. So they do. They go to Egypt. And they start going, hey, that's a, that's a really good looking lady. Mind you, I think she was like uh, upper 70s or 80 at the time. Okay? That's a good, look, good looking lady. So they, the, he takes her into his harem. And then God says, uh-uh. The, she is the prophet's wife. And they go to Abraham and say, what did you, you do? I, somebody could have slept with her. So they give him lots of money. They give him lots of things. They give him animals. They, this happens a couple of different times. Another instance with Abraham. They can't have kids. Right? So Sarah says, hey, take my concubine, take, take my, my, um, my servant girl, my... And, and, and sleep with her and have a kid with her and it'll be like my kid. So they have Ishmael. Now, all of these things would, you'd say, Abraham didn't look so good, right? Ruth probably be a little bit upset if I did that with her. So, okay, just say you're my sister. It's okay, all right? <laughs> Got it? Abraham didn't look so good. Here, Fine, take, the, take this other girl and have a kid with me. That's good. Which, by the way, was not all that uncommon at the time. Okay, we think about it today and go, why would you do something crazy like that? But it wasn't really that uncommon. But what God still blessed him. He messed up, and God still blessed him. Now, he had an Ishmael, which caused a lot of issues through the, down through the, the, the generations, Right? Right? Yeah. So don't get it. Don't have an Ishmael. All right? So there's, there's consequences, but it was still the blessing of God. It's because he was, he was, he's this, he was given the blessing. Let me emphasize to you all, You are the seed with the blessing. You are the seed with the blessing. And it's not about what you've done here. It's about who you are over here. There's not consequences. Okay? But it's not about what you've done. It's about who you are. It, your good things over here did not get you over here. And your bad things over here are not going to keep you from being who you are over here. That's right. yeah. So how should that inform our thinking and our belief about ourselves? 
Well, everything that Jesus is, he's given to you, except being God. Okay? All the goodness and all the grace and all the mercy, all the blessings. Does that that sound a little bit familiar, what you hear, the rest of Scripture? I provided for you through um, all um, my riches and glory. By his stripes you are healed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? It's not that things, bad things may not happen, but you know what? It's not I who live. If, if, it happened, if Jesus didn't get through without um, being persecuted, you might, you might be persecuted. But, does that, but it also means he's the Prince of Peace. Even under persecution, you've got the peace. You've got the healing. You've got the wholeness. You've got, you've got the relationship with God. You've got the holiness. You are in right standing. It's, do you, he is our righteousness. So it doesn't matter what you've done. You recognize it. And you, you said, Lord, I, I blew it. You are, the, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you stand before him holy and righteous. Not because of your good works that anyone should boast, right? But because of the grace and the mercy of God that he has declared you. The the idea is he's taken his righteousness and he's smeared it into you. So as a person thinks in their hearts, in their minds, so are they. What kind of thoughts do you need to get rid of? What kind of, what kind of thoughts are you thinking about yourself that don't line up with this side over here? Bad thoughts. Bad thoughts. The, I'm not good enough. I'll never make it. I don't have I don't have this. I don't you know some some of it people oh, I don't have access to that. I, I just can't I just can't make it cuz I don't have access. Well, that's not what the word says. Right? right? There's no way this will happen. Come on. I can't get there from here. Come on. We look around, well, will a manic ever change? Come on, people. Let's start thinking correctly. If Jesus walked down the street, you think there'd be a change? Come on. That's who you are. You're the seed. You are that seed. That's what Paul says. And that's what we have to get into our hearts. Is, is there going to be, a, is, can there be a change over here at the town hall? Come on. What, oh, let, let's take a bigger step. Can there be a change up there at Hartford in, in the capital up there? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Now, I don't know about D.C. That's a whole different story. <laughs> Come on, people. Are we able to make a difference? Yes. Can we make a difference in our own lives? Yes. In the lives of our family? 
in the lives of people that we know, that we love, that don't know Jesus? Why? Because we've been taken from this here and we've been put on this side and we are clothed with Jesus. We are part of his body. Everything that he had access to, get this, everything that Jesus had access to as a human walking the earth, Let me say it one more time. Because if, if this doesn't excite you, then, then you... Okay, let, go pray for a while. <laughs> Everything that Jesus had access to when he was on the earth, so do you. So what's stopping us? More than anything, it's the war between the ears. Let's start believing who we are in Christ. Who we are. Not because of anything we've done, but because of who He has made us to be. And if we start realizing and believing there's no limits to where we can go with him, then there will be no limits to where we can go with him. Let me, let me pray for you. But before I do, here's what I want you to do. Is as I pray, I want you to ask the Lord, what are you believing what am I believing? Say, say, Lord, what am I believing in my heart that does not line up with your word? What am I believing about myself in my heart that does not line up with your word? And let the Holy Spirit minister to you and let's, let's get those things changed. Okay? Lord, thank you so much for who you are and thank you, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus, for taking our place. We don't deserve any of the goodness and grace and, and the, um, the, the, the lavish gifts that you put upon us, that you have clothed us with. Lord, you've, clothed, you've, you've, you've put righteous robes and royal robes upon us. You've clothed us with, with crowns and with glory. And we don't deserve it at all. But Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you that in our undeservingness, you came and you loved us anyway. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for taking upon yourself sin and death so that we wouldn't have to. Now, Lord, I ask that you would give us a glimpse of who we are in Jesus. Give us a glimpse of what we look like to you. Show each person in here the royal robes that they wear, the, the righteousness, the glory, the holiness, the purity, the, the grace, the, the abundance of who we are because of 
of your good gift. And Holy Spirit, I ask that right now that you would come upon each person here. Show each one of us the lies that we are believing about ourselves. Whatever those might be, the, the things that people have spoke over us when we were, when we were young and children or, or in grade school and, and, people, and, and other kids would, uh, would make fun of us or the lies that we have taken upon ourselves that are not of you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would show each one of us those lies that we need to get rid of. Those things that don't line up with your word. Now, Lord, I ask that you would... um, If you just do this, as the Lord shows you what those things are, um, just uh, if one of those pops into your head, just say, Lord, forgive me for believing this lie and, and name it what it is. You don't have to say it out loud, just in your in your head, in your heart. Say, Lord, forgive me for believing that I'm not good enough. Or, Lord, forgive me for believing that um, uh, I, I'm stupid and I'll never make it. Forgive me for believing that I, I'm whatever, fill in the blank. Let me just give you a moment with the Lord to do that. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come to each person here. And as they, as you present those different lies that, that we have believed, Lord, show us your love. Let those things be broken off, and I pray that you'll fill each one of us. Show us in your word who we truly are, that you have made us in your image, the way you want us to be made, that in your, in your sight we are beautiful and lovely and handsome and we are warriors in your kingdom, that you have, you have clothed us with, with glory or that you've given us everything that we need in life to fulfill all the things that you've called us for. Lord, Break all those lies off and show us how to believe. And I seal those things in the hearts of every person here, those who are listening online. I I seal those things by your Spirit. Lord and Holy Spirit, I ask that you would continue the work daily throughout this week show us the different lies that that we have believed of the enemy and how we should really believe what you are saying of us 
Show us what those things are out of, out of your word. And Lord, I bless each person here and those who are listening online. I bless them with, with the blessings, the full blessings of Abraham that will be blessed enough to be a blessing to the world. That the world will look to us and say, I, I, I need some of what you've got because you've got more than enough. We'll be able to bless the world because you have blessed us so much. Yes. You've blessed us with life. You've blessed us with, um, with abundance. You've blessed us with grace. You've blessed us with healing. You've blessed us with hope. You've blessed us with, with your goodness. And Lord, uh, with joy, unspeakable joy. Lord, whatever it is the world needs, let them look to us and say, you've got it, I need it. Because you've blessed us to be a blessing. And Lord, I bless each person here with the full blessings and full measure of the blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for it. We give you all the praise, Lord. This is not, none of it is for us. It's to give you glory and to point people to your kingdom and to you to, to follow as their Savior and Lord. Lord, we are committed to giving you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.